I have a dream that all men are created equal. everyone. Welcome back to Your Story. I'm your host, Ian Kath. This is episode 20. Episode 20. Quite proud of that, as a matter of fact. I've, uh, I'll fill you in on a little secret. I always said that it would take me probably between 20 and 50 episodes before I hit the straps, and between 50 and 200 episodes before I get really good at this. I think that's still fairly accurate. I think these first 20 episodes have been probably the roughest episodes I'll ever do. I think I am slowly learning how to do this technology, but I've still got a long way to go. And as I learn more and more about it, I think I'm, I'm going to get a lot better. But we've still got a long way to go. I still want this to sound a lot better, and I still want you to enjoy what I produce a lot more. So we'll see how it goes. Now, I'm off to Europe in just a week's time, as a matter of fact, and on the way over there, I'm going to be spending a bit of time in Heathrow while I wait to get my flight over to Europe. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be spending eight hours in Heathrow, so if there's anybody over there who's got some ideas for what I should do while I'm hanging around the airport for so long, uh, send them through to me. And if there's anybody in London who actually wants to come and catch up, uh, even though I'm only going to be there for a few hours, I'd love to uh, come and play if anybody's got any ideas. You know how to contact me, I'll tell you in a moment. I'm going to be flying from uh, London across to Stuttgart and then on to Tübingen and then a couple of days later, about the 10th of July, I'll be landing in Berlin and hanging around there. That's where I'm looking forward to catching up with some really interesting things. I, um, I don't really know what to expect of Berlin, but I'm very, very keen to scratch the seedy underbelly of that town and see what I can find. By August I should be back in London and uh, hopefully I would have produced a fair bit of stuff by then and I look forward to catching up with people in London. Follow a few people on Twitter and we're already starting to you know, get a few ideas together of to catch up and do a few things. So thanks for coming on the journey with me. We're very close. And just to remind you, the email is chat at yourstorypodcast.com and that's where the site is, of course, yourstorypodcast.com. You can always leave a post, send me an email. Hey, and if you really want to help me, please dig or stumble me or Reddit or any of those systems. But you can also go over to iTunes and leave a comment. Uh, An iTunes comment's actually worth a great deal to your story because it helps other people uh, read what the show's about. But also when they search in iTunes, they will find a few links, depending on what you say, of what I do and what the show's all about. And then more people come and find it. Also over on the side, I'm getting a few more things like photos and maps and comments. So I've got BrightKite, I've got Twitter feeds, I've got all sorts of stuff that are sort of going into the sidebar of the uh, the blog. And uh, I'm going to be putting stuff up in the main part of the blog as well. I hope you enjoy it. I'm, I'm, I'm getting better at actually putting it together and throwing things up on all sorts of different systems that are out there. You know, video off and fo- photos directly from my phone and... And as I find things, and as they turn up in my life, I'm just going to send them out to you, and hopefully you'll be interested in what I find and the people I meet and talk to. 
but of course there's going to be these formal episodes. I'm still going to be doing the addendum episodes like I did when I went to Melbourne. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So having a look at Europe through my eyes and sharing what I think is quite bizarre. And those Europeans of you out there might be a little bit surprised that I find some things odd that you take for granted. Anyway, that's all part of the adventure. We'll see where this goes. As always, I want to say I'd love to hear from you, and the music is from IOTA PromoNet. I always use them, and if you like the music and you're inclined to buy it, pop on over to IOTA. The links are at the end of the post, and you can get the music if you buy it. That supports the artists, and that's why they come to IOTA, so that I've got access to the music for free to help enhance my episodes. Now on to today's show. A few of you who follow me and know a little bit about me know I look, do a little bit of tango. I struggle with this dance. It's uh, an amazing, an amazing dance, but it is so challenging. And one of the things I do is uh, I sort of hang out with a lot of people and I meet these wonderful people. And today's episode is a lady that I met at tango recently. Uh, and as I was talking to her, I realized that I didn't know anything about her, but I thought there's an interesting story here. So I asked Petra to hang out with me last Sunday. And while I was there, I said, let's record your story and find out what you're on about. You know, you've come to Australia from overseas. You've got some interesting things and some different ways of looking at life. So that's what today's episode's about. So I hope you enjoy it. It's all about Europe, Australian migration, and traveling this huge brown land that we call Australia. Here's Petra's story. Sunday, 22nd of June, 2008. Yesterday was the shortest day of the year, the winter solstice. And uh, today, like yesterday, is just a stunning day. I'm sitting here with Petra beside the Brisbane River in a nice little park. We've got a coffee with us. And I met Petra... Ooh, how long ago? About four weeks ago, four or five weeks ago, at Tango. She's uh, she's doing Tango lessons now, and uh, I met her, and we had a couple of yarns, just very brief yarns, and she told me nothing about herself, but enough that I thought, there's something interesting here. So last week I sprung it on her, and I said, hey, Petra, <laughs> you've seen my website, you know what I'm up to, come and tell me your story. <laughs> So today I've uh, managed to plonk her down after we've gone for a bit of a drive in a fabulous sports car that she's got, and uh, she's going to tell us a little bit about her life. Now, the little bit I know about, to just get this started, is Swiss, hmm. and you've been in Australia 15 years? 12. 12 years. 12 years, yes. But you are a nationalised Australian citizen yes, now. Yes, I am. And... You spent a long time in Perth, but now you're here in Brisbane, and you haven't been here for too long. That's right. <laughs> so, the, the story is, Petra, tell me your story. Which one? <laughs> okay. Why the hell are you in Australia, for starters? And I, I do have some people who listen to the show have mentioned to me that they are interested in the immigrant story, you know. Uh, and I've already asked a couple of people so far on the show, people's perceptions of Australia when you have a culture outside of Australia... You know, how, do, how does Australia seem to you from a person brought up, brought up in Europe? Well, I discovered Australia by accident, really. When I was about 28, I had a daughter. She was about six, 
still have her, of course. <laughs> she was what, you, 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 didn't, you didn't give her back? <laughs> no, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> and uh, I had a big turn in my life, and that made me decide to sell everything, pack up my daughter, <clears throat> and go traveling around the world with her, which I did. So she and me, we traveled around the world, and we came to Australia. We came to Sydney. And she went to school in Sydney for three weeks. She learned English <laughs> and she left the school and from a girl which was actually bony, skinny, grey skinned, she turned into a fleshy, blooming, outgoing girl. We travelled after that uh, up the coast, up to Townsville and back in a little read-up. Mm. And came back to Sydney and flew out from there to Asia. But in that... And that was your first taste of Australia? Yes. And we've been to New Zealand before. And we could have stayed in New Zealand. We've been invited by people to stay in New Zealand, actually. And... But I wanted to go on because I, I felt there's more to discover. And the way I felt and the way I saw my daughter reacted to the Australian environment, the, the Australian soil, the Australian vibration. Yep. <laughs> the Australian vibration was just amazing. Now, uh, to cut a long story short, eventually we ended up in Switzerland again, but I left my heart in Australia. Okay. I never, ever felt home again in Switzerland. Okay, so uh, you came out shortly after that. No, about seven years after oh, okay. that. <laughs> okay, so seven years later you came to Australia. Why did you choose Perth, the most distant <laughs> the most distant capital city in the world? Why did I choose Perth? Yeah, why did you choose Perth? And describe Perth to Luddites like myself who've never been there or to the rest of the world who might be listening. What's Perth like? Um, like, can you get any more removed from Europe than Perth as far as, you know... Well, distance-wise, you can. The East Coast is more removed than Perth. Yeah. But uh, I know what you're saying. Well, first of all, why Perth? Well, it was simple. I wanted to go back to Australia. And I didn't know a soul in Australia. And somebody, sometimes, you know, people are just tossing a coin. Yeah. So what I did, I went out and bought a big map of Australia. And I said, right, we're going to do it this way. We're going to blindfold each other and we're going to have a feel over the map. And just where it feels right, put down your hand. So that's what we did. It was simple. It must be Perth then. <laughs> so you went to Perth. So I went to Perth. For those who don't know, Perth's on the west coast, southwest coast of uh, Western Australia. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And it was a very dreamy town when I arrived there. Mm. I just recently came back to Perth last November, October, November, from being away for about two years, and I thought, I don't know this town anymore, because the, the vibration has changed of mm. the town, the money has changed the whole town, and even the people, the more they have, the more they need to spend it, mm. more like, I have to get rid of it. That's right, there's a huge mining boom going on in Australia, <laughs> and particularly in West Australia, where lots of dollars is coming in, and Basically, people on menial jobs are earning huge amounts of money mm. within the mining industry, exactly. and that's causing people to leave Perth in particular, and that's causing prices to start go through the roof in Perth mm. in order to keep people there. Yep. So 
lots of people are making a lot of money. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing yeah. In, in that regard. But, yeah, amazing. And it's pushed property prices. I've heard Perth's the most expensive city in Australia now it to buy a now. property. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that 10 years ago. In it was It was one of the... Nobody yeah. wanted to yeah. go there. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Why did you even choose to settle here when you could have stayed in Europe? Or why didn't you go to... I'll tell you you a story. I'll tell you a little story. Things people always ask me when I I came to to Australia, to Perth in particular, they said to me, why are you coming to Australia? I can't understand. We haven't got the culture here, we haven't got this here, we haven't got that here. But in particular, you're coming out from an area which is rich of culture, you know, Mm. and you can just indulge in that and you're coming to an area which there's nothing of that why would you want to do that and people were craving culture and I said to them you know having culture is a beautiful thing but it comes with a big burden and people in Australia do not understand that it comes with tradition and with a lot of of um, ideas and concepts of how things need to be and they're there ingrained in in Europe and when you're born in their culture and you grow up I left I left Switzerland when about when I was 35 so I grew up within that and even even though I tried to go against the grain and whatever and try to do my own thing it was still there it is still there <laughs> still, is there, is there a freedom here in Australia that you don't have in Europe? Yes, that's what I mean. Are you allowed to do your own thing more here in Australia? In some ways, yes. Mm-hmm. You can try out more. It's easier to say, for example, what today I'm going to do this. I'm going to pursue this now for a couple of months or couple of years or maybe a a week I give this a go this is a wonderful saying give it a go just give it a go can't you do that in Europe no you can but you can't you can't like like I was really envy of people in the beginning Australian people would say oh I'll do this I'll just give it a go and I think you can't do that you have to be profound and serious about something not just you know swish over it and try this a bit and try this a bit and try this a bit and it made me really envy of people until I realized I'm envy I want to do that too just being allowed to try things out try things out try things out see if they suit me or not so what things have you been trying out (laughs) lots of things um one of them is um, four-wheel driving in the outback. Tell us about Mr. Diesel. <laughs> Mr. Diesel. Mr. Diesel is a Land Cruiser troop carrier. <laughs> troop carrier. It's a camper van at the back, isn't it? Uh, it it's got a pop-up uh, roof. And yes. a, a bed and a bed. And I, I beefed it up with a special suspension and yeah. a double-wheel carrier and all this kind of thing. You've got dual-wheel wheels on that, have you? No, not, not, not dual real wheels, a uh, uh, double wheel carrier. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, okay, spare wheels. Yeah, spare right. wheels, that's right. Um, and you've travelled a fair bit of Australia in there? I have. I have. Uh, there came a time in my life where I decided my life is not going the way it should and I have to 
make some drastic changes and that was one of the changes that I decided to sell everything and pursue a dream which was to go traveling in the outback uh, in particular to the Kimberley by myself. The Kimberley's a uh, northern North West. West Australia. Yep. Yes, top. That's an area where not a lot of people have gone to as yet but will very soon it feels that it will be very soon flooded with a lot of people <laughs> like all the beautiful places are so yes I and where's your daughter now? she's in Perth she's still in Perth she's so you've been traveling basically by yourself? yes always always <laughs> always. <laughs> always you mentioned very briefly to me the other night that you're writing a book Yes. Yes, I just, I have finished, at a moment, I finished a chapter to a compilation book, which is a chapter out of my book, uh, which will be published later on, which I'm still writing at a moment, finishing off. And that book is about my travels. Yes. So you've written a chapter that's going into a compilation book? Yes. Okay, and when's that going to be published? In September. It's going to be... Oh, a couple of months away. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, give me the link for that and I'll put it in the show notes. Um, and you've got a website, which I'll put in the show notes Ooh, yeah. as well. Off overseas in September, you tell me? Mm. August? September. August. August. End where, of August, where September. Going? I'm going to Denmark, to the little island Leo, Leo, I think it's called, uh, to do a very particular seminar or seminars in uh, has to do with horses and a very special man is teaching that his name is Klaus Hempfling and it has to do with human and horses interaction so you're going to come back to back to Brisbane or um, I'm going to come yeah at the moment I have to make the decision of I have the possibility to do a farm seat in in WA when I come back at the moment the pressing question is uh, what do I do? How do I do that best? You know, and, and sometimes uh, I just feel I have to wait and see how things manifest and fold, fold them together for me, rather than me trying to push and push and push and push issues like I used to mm. do in my past. So you're saying, saying almost by the sounds of it that your life is being summed up by the fact that you've got to live one moment at a time rather than trying to organise anything like maybe you did in the past. Exactly. Well, all my stuff is scattered all around Australia and do I like it? No! <laughs> no! I have bits and pieces there, bits and pieces there. It drives me nuts. But I decided, okay, well, I'll just live with that. But I let it go. You know, it will come together. One day it will come together. <laughs> One place, I don't know when, but it will come together. And I just have to let it go and see how. Hmm. Yeah. Stay tuned. What do you think of tango? <laughs> tango is a big challenge. <laughs> tango is wonderful. It's a big challenge to me. In particular, I, don't, I can't speak for anybody else. <laughs> in particular, for you. It's in particular for everybody. It's a prick, it? of, it's a prick of a dance. <laughs> yeah, why is that? It's hard. What's hard? Tango. Uh, Every, what is it? The steps ev or everything about tango is hard. Oh, everything okay. about tango I is agree. I agree. It is, but but 
everything everything about tango is hard everything from just how you hold yourself all the way through to the most complicated move and the interaction with the one opposite <laughs> so same thing i'm used to be self-sufficient down to the ground self-sufficient now tango is very difficult because you <laughs> somebody else leads you and you have to <laughs> you have to follow, follow. Yeah. the man leads the exactly. woman follows exactly. this shall not be negotiated oh. <laughs> and that's so hard so hard because uh, and then it's, you're assuming things and you're, you're wrong you're just wrong and, mm. but it's nice if it flows it's just wonderful mm. Isn't it? Mm, it's glorious. Mm. It's a glorious dance when it works. Mm. Yeah, when it works. But it's a prick of a dance until then. <laughs> <laughs> One reason why I'm writing this book is, or books, is to express myself in a different way. I used to do art, and I was quite successful in Europe with selling it as well. But that's different than using words. I can play instruments. I can express myself in music or whatever completely different to words. Words seem to make me feel very vulnerable if I have to use them. <laughs> so that's one thing. But the other thing also is uh, people might find some encouragement for, for themselves to find the courage to do and go, go and do what their heart desires. You know, follow their heart, follow their dream. Just a little bit more and wake up and, and realize it's not all about making that money. It's not all about having thing, everything streamlined. It's, it's much more about life and, and their lives and their happiness. So if I can contribute to that, I'd love that. I really would love that. So Petra, thanks very much for coming on my podcast thank you very much for having me it's good to have you here it was a pleasure and not as painful as i thought <laughs> no. see ya bye-bye thank you bye-bye